0: Getting going on this Wednesday edition of Locked On 49ers. You know what the score is. Winky Wednesday. Getting into everything going on with your San Francisco 49ers before. A big matchup in Week 7. What's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan? A little stock report there on the coach and the quarterback. And some more thoughts on the NFL trade deadline coming up on today's episode of Locked On 49ers.
1: You are Locked On 49ers. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker here with you as always at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Say hi on Twitter. Get some questions in for later in the week. Also drop some comments in on YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed up. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. And for those of you on YouTube, you might see a third face on the screen. You know what time it is. It is Winky Wednesday. Let us, let us bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come
1: on down. I don't buy it.
0: Wink! (laughs) Mr. Nicholas Winkler joined the show once again on this Wednesday as we turn the page from week six to week seven. What's going on, Wink? If I'm not mistaken, there's there's already some wink in the stink for you after a big 28-14 loss to the Falcons in week six.
1: Yeah, I was yelling at the screen, man. And it's not just because I have Jeff Wilson on my fantasy football team. It's because Kyle, man, he does this thing. Where he just decides to get away from the run in the second half. So, Jeff Wilson, how are you going to give your starting running back seven carries in the game? Six in the first half. He gave him one in the second half. And it was with like ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's just, they come out second half. Pass, pass, pass. Punt. And then it's like pass, pass. Oh, Debo run. Pass, pass. Debo run. Done. Coleman run. Coleman got three carries in the second half like oh it's just it's so frustrating we we've, we've seen what wilson can do how electric he is right and how he can break these big runs yeah yeah they were trailing i get it but they you know you come out you gotta you gotta establish the run you gotta establish that it's not just gonna be jimmy passing all day like i thought jimmy played well jimmy was not the reason the 49ers lost this game it was kyle and it was that front four on defense it just oh god i get so frustrated when he stops running the ball i get fired up
0: Cruck. Is this legitimate concern about Kyle Shanahan's game plan, or is this Wink upset because the guy on his fantasy team didn't get enough of the of the touches in this one? Because there's some game script stuff, right? You're down a couple of scores. You kind of got to throw the ball a little bit.
2: And, and not just down a couple of scores. They could not get their defense off of the field. Mariota and those guys were good on third down. They mm-hmm. ran the ball a 10, so time is ticking away. Uh, he had, what, one incompletion, and the one thing that they did extremely well – I felt like they were in short yard situations all game long. Mm-hmm. Second down and five, they run the ball, and it's third and one. I felt like they had like eight third and one opportunities. <laughs> and it was like, please, 49ers, somebody just tackled them for a loss. And there were a and couple times couldn't. 49ers tackled them at the line of scrimmage. But I do think that that can potentially change your game plan. Now, where he's right is, and there are a lot of stats kind of floating around the Twitterverse right now that show that Kyle Shanahan – is very stagnant when it comes to the second half. Matter of fact, I just saw uh, our guy, friend of the podcast, Grant Cohn post that when it comes to average points after well, second half, average points per game with Kyle Shanahan, it's lower than Chip Kelly's. Ooh. So I mean that that's a real thing because we're talking about five years or six years worth. Of, of data there that kind of shows more of a trend. So I think whatever's whatever he's doing, whether he's not throwing enough or not running Jeff Wilson enough, you know, your fantasy team and all that, he's definitely doing something where <laughs> can you adjust and tweak something to get a little bit more production out of your offense?
0: You definitely don't want your team to be worse than the Blaine Gabbert, Chip Kelly era of San Francisco 49ers football, right? That's, Do you uh,
2: remember who – I went – and I just talked about this, but I went to – 49ers against the New England Patriots game. Not to watch those sorry-ass 49ers. It was to watch Tom Brady. Like, that team had Colin Kaepernick, and Kaepernick was throwing to, and a lot of people, you know, they blame Kaepernick for those bad years, but Kaepernick was throwing to a guy named Chris Harper, like, that was his – That's it's like, man, i got to get the ball to Chris Harper. <laughs> like, what? Like, okay, that offense was able to get more points per game in the second half, second half, Mm-mm. then Kyle Shanahan? Like, is it an adjustment thing? What do you guys think the issue is?
0: Yeah, so just real quick on that 2016 team because, yeah, so Gabbert started the season. Remember, Cap had all the injuries and, and surgeries before the season. Cap eventually got in there and played. Uh, I was – that was the year I worked at – pro football focus and so i charted wide receiver routes that season and uh i was at the beginning of the year i requested 49ers games like oh this is cool i'll chart the 49ers routes i started requesting not to get the 49ers because it was so bad and i was tired of like oh look mesh concept crossers you know guess what chip kelly's calling more crossers and it was jeremy curley was the leading receiver for the 49ers that year and yeah chris harper that's a good pull there Croc. Um, like I think Garrett Selleck might have been the second leading receiver for the 49ers with with catches in the 20s or something like that. It was it was really bad. Rod Streeter, uh, I'm actually I pull it up right now. Uh, Quentin Patton, forgot about Quentin Patton. He was the second leading receiver for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Selleck and Sean Drone with 29 catches. Vance McDonald, uh, there was uh, 20, 20 catches for Torrey Smith that year. He was the number one coming into the year. Aaron Burbridge, remember this former sixth round pick? Blake oh. Bell, the belldozer. I mean, DeAndre Smelter, one catch. Uh, that was uh that was not a good offense. And yeah, so but 2016 is etched in my memory because I was literally like watching these games over and over again and charting the routes, which was not a lot of fun.
2: So so is the second half stat a little overrated, or do you think that there's something to that? Because I don't want to pile oh. on Kyle Shanahan. A lot of people are piling on Kyle Shanahan, and, and I don't know. I don't know what he can control, what he can't control. But when you look at a number like that, we're talking about a, a pretty large sample size, and the production was less than one year of sample size from Chip Kelly. But, I mean, you just rattled off some names where it's like, man, how are you mm-hmm. getting one point more? Not like it's a ton, but – How are you getting any point points? More, you know, in the second half with those guys – than what you're getting from Kyle Shanahan, it could it be maybe 49ers just jumping out to big leads and then they get more conservative, or do you think there's some kind of correlation? 49ers have also had a lot of injuries to quarterbacks, but even then, we're talking about maybe Kyle playing with backups. But I mean, Lane Gabbard, he was a backup too,
0: right? Mm-hmm. No, and it goes along with the the stat that's been making its way around viral around the uh, you know 49ers fans and that the 49ers are 0 and I think it was 0 and 24 when they're down in the fourth quarter by seven points, mm-hmm. like they, the, the, the biggest deficit, the 49ers have come back from in the fourth quarter is four points. That was two years ago, 2019, uh, three years ago, 2019 against the, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, like the 49. And we've talked about it on the show. It's like, Hey, that the, the opening 15, whatever play script that the 49ers start the game with flip the sheet over and run it again in the second half. Right. We've talked right. about it. Like, this isn't a surprise there's definitely something to this right Wink.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, 2016. That, those were Gold Faithful days. You know, that was like, we we're excited to get Chip Kelly, right? Because it was dark before that, you know? And there's like, it didn't get any better, you know? So we, we've been through this. We've seen poor offenses, and this is not a bad offense. This is a good offense with a lot of weapons. And yeah, the offensive line is definitely banged up. There's no doubt about that. Jimmy Garoppolo making some great passes, guys dropping some easy catches. Like, it's your job. Catch the football, you know? It, it's, it's tough to be a 49er fan right now because everybody's got their own opinions, right? You come into the season, you know, you're missing your starting quarterback. You're missing your left tackle. You know, you're, you're missing your whole uh, defensive line. You're missing, you know, one of your better cornerbacks. You know, it's, there was a lot of problems for the 49ers You're missing your starting safety. You know, like we could keep going on and on about what the 49ers are missing right now. But I think the biggest thing they're missing is, is that second half kind of go get it right. That, that like, that go get the jugular go get the go get the win and they're just not doing it like they came out and again i'll mention it it was pass 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 punt it's like that's how you're gonna start your second half like okay all right that sucked you know that was really bad and then that 16 play drive you know in the fourth quarter eating up so much clock when you're down two scores like that was hard to watch like it was cool yeah you're moving the chains but you gotta do something else you gotta try something else like you got you gotta figure something else out kyle Maybe it's like you said, Brian. You just flip the script and just turn everything the opposite way. We ran to the left on that thir- second <laughs> play in, in the first half. Now we're going to run to the right. Like, gotta try something, man. Yeah. There, there were a couple games
2: that. So th- I think that that stat that's floating around is a little skewed, and and I mm. have to look at the wording of it because someone commented like, "No, nah, I cried like week eighteen against the Rams last year. Four Niners were down seven points in the fourth quarter." And I kind of looked it up just now to fact check, and they indeed were. Uh, that touchdown that Jawan Jennings caught at the end of the game was to tie the game up. So they had to be down seven points.
0: So I think the, I think that entering game, the fourth quarter. they it was entering the fourth. The Rams scored again to put them up seven. Then they came. Oh, out. So it okay. wasn't See, entering that, the that fourth a so
2: right there. Yeah, three, yeah. But yeah,
0: but still, like, okay, one game. It's like yeah. once. Does that make it a lot yeah. better than zero? You know, out of twenty four or whatever it is. So. There's clearly something going on there. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about this, and maybe we can pinpoint something. Is it Kyle? Uh, is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Is it the weapons on the 49ers offense? What exactly is going on here with the with the 49ers? And, and clearly something's happened where the 49ers should be better offensively, especially in the second halves of games, and maybe all four quarters of games under Kyle Shanahan right now after six seasons. And, of course, we'll talk a little bit more about the trade deadline and some names I did not get to Yesterday, when Crock and I talked about some players that could potentially be available at the deadline for the San Francisco 49ers. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free, it can not be easier to post a job on LinkedIn jobs as well. And, and make use of that 800 million, 800 million people are on LinkedIn. Find those people to hire, find the best people to hire. All you do is you add your job to the purple hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile to spread the word throughout that network and simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on just the right candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free, terms and conditions Apply. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts. Bet online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, I got some pushback, and Wink, crock, Uh I'm going to bounce this off of you because I said what I said about Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo played really good, like exceptionally well, especially for what we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo. And they only scored 14 points, right? I, I thought Jimmy Garoppolo played really well in week six against the Atlanta Falcons. I had a KMBR hit uh, with FP Santangelo on uh, Monday evening, and – I said the same thing. And I've gotten pushback from people who are listening to the radio and heard that hit. I got pushback from people who listen to the podcast, Croc, saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is trash. A lot of them tend to bring <laughs> up old stuff, right? And they're like, how could you? He threw, two, like, you know, some box score counting, scouting through two interceptions. The 49ers only scored 14 points. You've got all these weapons. How could you say Jimmy Garoppolo played well? Am I way off base thinking Jimmy played? maybe even one of the best games we've seen from him in a 49ers uniform. He was dropping dimes down the field. He was making plays outside the pocket, throwing across the field to IU, plays getting called back. He's directing traffic, rolling out of the pocket, telling Kittle to go to the corner. They can't connect in the end zone. Kittle flattens out, instead of goes to the corner. There's the drop on the deep ball to McLeod, drop uh, to Charlie Warner. Like I thought he was kind of dealing and dropping dimes. Am I way off on this, guys?
1: I say, no, I think Jimmy played a great game. I'm right with you. Everything you mentioned right there were, were things I was going to bring up because, yeah, Jimmy looked good. He he pushed the ball down the field too, which is something we haven't seen a lot from Jimmy, especially since he's been, you know, this season. We We've barely seen it at all from him. And that's what 49er fans have wanted him to do. So the ones that are getting mad at him, like, I just don't get it. Like, this is what you want. There were some key drop balls that that ended drives, you know, or at least killed drives, some big penalties that also brought back some passes that were like, oh, that that that's gonna, they're gonna pay for that one. I thought Jimmy looked good. I thought Jimmy was on target most of the time. Like he had a couple of bad passes. That happens. Nobody's a perfect quarterback out there. But if, if Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna play like that every week for the 49ers, 49ers are gonna win a lot of
0: football games. Oh, absolutely. No, and hold on, hold on. I <laughs> so, and, and the other thing, Wink, you talked about how you you didn't like the Kyle's game plan, but you know, mm-hmm. it, it's not pass, 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 punt. If the dudes make those catches, it's right. pass, pass, big play, score points, kick kickoff. Then you run the ball, you know, yeah. After that, yeah. sure, sure. So, uh, so there's that too. Croc is now going to go into Jimmy G hater mode. Take it away.
1: I, I'm actually
2: not going to go into Jimmy G hater mode. I'm actually going to defend him by bringing up some of his like when we talk. Okay, first I have to ask. When y'all say one of his best games, how many games are we throwing into that? Because if you're saying like, you know, 10 games and it's one of his best games, then I'd say, okay, maybe. But off the top of my head, there are some games where I think even when he did things to take points off the board, he still was willing and dealing. The Arizona games in 2019 come to mind. There was a game Mm -hmm. at home in uh, the Bay Area, San Jose, where, He threw four touchdowns, two interceptions against Arizona. Two interceptions, right? So we talk about some of the drops that could have potentially led to touchdowns. And I always say, man, you got to be able to overcome that, right? Well, in this game, he did, even though he was the problem. Threw two picks Mm. in the red zone, both of them. But what did he do? Came back willing, dealing, boom, 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 boom. Hitting guys, threw for over 400 yards, threw four touchdowns, threw a game-winning touchdown, like, We've seen him before play much better than that. There's no way that you could say a game, okay, there is a way. The way is because we've lowered our standards so much for Jimmy Garoppolo now that we've said, you know what, even a game like that where your offense only scores 14 points, oh, it's one of his best games because he took a couple deep shots. Like, no, we've seen Jimmy play better than that. Now, I'm not even going to go to the Saints game, but again, I'll talk about that Cardinals game. That was terrific. Two thousand nineteen against the um the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Oh, he was terrific in Seattle. Terrific. I mean he was on I mean super accurate. He was very efficient. He might have thrown two incompletions that entire game. The only reason why it was close is because they had like one possession it felt like in the second half. If he had had the ball more, he was on fire. So when we start talking about some of his best games, it definitely that that was that one was good just from the sense of Oh, man, we saw Jimmy Garoppolo take a couple of deep shots.
0: Right. And We've seen better Jimmy.
2: So I'm not hating on Jimmy. Mm -hmm. I'm actually pushing back on y'all. Like It's like, man, how how far have y'all lowered your standards for what a good Jimmy Garoppolo game is? Because we've seen better from him.
0: I I would push back a little bit on that. But I I get what you're saying. Like, not that Jimmy was bad against the Falcons. It was that there's other games that he's played better. And I think there's been more games where he was efficient. But you start to look at – uh, I mean, if if he hits, if if those receivers, if McLeod and Warner catch those balls, we're talking about 350 plus passing yards for Jimmy Garoppolo, right? We're talking about putting points on the board, uh, multiple touchdown, three to plus touchdown passes, right? The Kittle one, um, like th- this could have been an an insane game in the stat book too. And we're talking about highly high level difficulty throws like the the mcleod throws like that's one of the best throw mm-hmm. like that was a dark down the field deep ball the thing that people say jimmy garoppolo can't do he did it yeah. and the things they say he can't do making plays second reaction plays out of the pocket the one he threw to iuk rolling left across the field deep crosser to the right side like we don't see that a lot from jimmy g right uh, rolling out in the pocket directing traffic like you know looking like steve young you know making simple play- like those are the that's why i thought it was such a good game because he was doing things that you don't see a lot. Things that people say he can't do. Playing free—that's what I love seeing from Jimmy G. It didn't work out. He needed some help, but that's why I said he's, it was one of the best games. And remember, like some of those games too. Was it the Saints game that? And, and Jimmy G played really well in that Saints game uh, in twenty. I think it was twenty nineteen, right? But didn't uh, didn't Emmanuel Sanders throw one of the touchdown passes in that game? Yeah,
2: to Raheem Mostert, I believe. So yeah, so
0: it's like he's has why i didn't good bring games. up the Saints game. Right, but, but, <laughs> I, I, so, but, 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 but Jimmy was still good in that game too. And Jimmy's had some good games and people do forget he's had some stinkers and, and bad Jimmy shows up a lot, but that's kind of my point here. And that's why the pushback is like people just don't want to believe in Jimmy and say he was bad. And it was like, no, nah, Jimmy was, if you put that game into context and really watch the throws he was doing and take out the other stuff that's not on him, Jimmy was, was borderline awesome. I think against the Falcons, like he was really good making some high difficulty throws and, and didn't get enough help. Um, I, didn't have very many, and like you talked about the defense, like the Niners didn't have very many drives, they, he wasn't getting the ball back very right. much. Like, he had what nine possessions, I think it was, and two of them ended in, in touchdowns. One was end of first half, you know, throwing up a prayer that was intercepted. That was one of his interceptions, right? Um, right. and then you have the drops, the, the kittle in the end zone, and the way these there just wasn't that many opportunities.
2: I, I think it was a good game from Jimmy, uh, in a sense, again, of what kind of the standards are for him now. But when we talk about some of his best games, even with mishaps in his best games, he was able to overcome those. And that's what we didn't see from this game. We talked about, the, again, the Ray-Ray McLeod drop and how that potentially took points off the board. I referenced the Arizona game where he threw interceptions in the red zone, taking points off the board, but was still able to put up like 35 points, right? So like, that's the best version of Jamie. I've seen that no matter the circumstances, he's able to overcome that. I reference guys like, uh, I just watched, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And they both turned the ball over in the first quarter. Josh Allen pitched the ball and hit the guy in the face mask. He wasn't looking, whatever. But his ability to eventually overcome that by just making throws, even though you know there was the turnover. And I've seen Jimmy be able to do those things. And he could not do that against Arizona. He couldn't overcome it. And, and now that's that's my thing. So yeah, he did some good things that we like to see from him. And we want to see more of it. But the result, of only two touchdowns. Again, not man. saying it's all his fault, but if we're talking about his best games, in his best games, he's been able to overcome those things. So that that's, that's why I can't put it up there with some of his best games. But in the sense of like, man, I like that he did this and this. Yeah, that was solid.
1: He looked good, right? He passed the eye test. If you watched that football game, how could you think that he played bad? Like, Jimmy was not the reason the 49ers lost that football game. And I, I just can't believe a lot of the Jimmy hate I'm seeing online. Yeah, crock, you're right. It's probably not one of his best. It might be his top 15, right? I mean, he, yeah. he looked good. He he was he was passing the ball well. He looked accurate. And, and there were some drops. And you do want to see your guys overcome that. You want to see them go down the field and do this and that. And, and he just didn't have the time. It, it just wasn't clicking right? The guys just weren't getting it done. They, they got away from the run. They just didn't do, they didn't do, they became very predictable.
0: Trade deadline guys. What are some options for the 49ers? Can they find some reinforcements here as they're pretty injured going into week seven of the season? They'll get some guys back, but can they bring in some folks from other rosters to help them make a run as they did with Emmanuel Sanders in 2019 more on the trade deadline, and some targets there coming up next, but how about betting on those San Francisco 49ers at 3-3 three and three to win the Super Bowl? You can do so at betonline.net, your number one source for football betting and information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find. This would be a good time, too, if you're a believer in the 49ers. They had gone up to 11-1 to 1 odds, fourth best in the NFL after last week, to uh, to win the Super Bowl. Now, after this loss to the Falcons, they've dropped down to 16 to one. So a little better odds. If you were thinking about betting on the 49ers, better odds this week to bet on them than last week. And they've dropped before their uh, dropped actually below their 14 to one original odds to win the Super Bowl. So now sub par for the 49ers at three and three. Still in a really good spot, in my opinion, to uh, do some damage this year, especially if they're able to get healthy. BetOnline.net continues to be your number one source for not just sports wagering, but information. You want to be well-informed to make those bets as well, right? Live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Fastest and easiest way to check in on not just NFL football, but Major League Baseball, NBA, MMA, boxing, golf. You name it, you can find it at BetOnline. Head over to the website, BetOnline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and all the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. One name that we didn't talk about yesterday on the Carolina Panthers roster that I meant to mention as far as a trade candidate is that cornerback. And that's Dante Jackson. He had a pick six Ooh. last week actually against uh, Matthew Stafford and the Rams. And and I think that's the more realistic target in trade is the veteran player, not a youthful long-term piece for a team like the Panthers or a team that would be trading and a player that, you know, you could maybe figure out how to get them under the cap and restructure, do whatever you need to do and wouldn't cost you a lot. You know, day three pick for Dante Jackson. Does that one move the needle for you, Croc? Another name I've seen out there, non-Carolina Panthers division is William Jackson the third, who could potentially be on, on the market. Or do you want to roll out there with the young guys at corner, even with Emmanuel Mosley out and Jason Rett looking like, you know, maybe a setback and, and not a likely candidate to return?
2: I got to rewatch this game to see exactly what happened with the 49ers, young cornerbacks. What it looked like, what they had them doing, so I can provide more context with them. But I mean, just a f- couple weeks ago, probably I would say a lot of people are saying, "Man, we got so much depth at cornerback," and then you lose one, and then Ah uh, Ward leaves the game, and now you're like, uh, oh, trade for Dante Jackson." Right? And <laughs> I, I do like him. Um, I think he's twitched up. You know, I've spoken to someone close to the situation over there in Carolina who has had good things to say about how Jackson has come along and the growth and maturity and some of the things he wasn't willing to do early on and what he's doing now, uh, so much so that they brought him back. You know, they didn't have to bring Jackson back this past season. He was a free agent. Um, anyone had an opportunity to potentially sign him? And maybe I, – I know he was a free agent. I don't know if he hit free agency, but, you know, there's that little window. Mm-hmm. But – he was a guy I thought was going to hit free agency, and he ended up signing back with the Panthers, who have depth at the cornerback position. They traded for C.J. Henderson. They got J.C. Jackson. He's coming back. Uh, they got Keith Taylor, his second year now, out of uh, Washington. I know they like all those guys. So to like all those guys as much as they did and then bring back Jackson, and he's actually starting. And he had to pick six against the Rams. I'd say uh, that is somebody that the 49ers should be intrigued by. I, I want to see if they want to see a little bit more of what they – potentially can get out of these young guys who, again, you had Samuel Womack just kind of thrust it in there. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of what guys do, they, they got a plan and, and, and game plan and scheme, and you need this guy to understand. One thing real quick just about, like, defense. When, when, when I played, it is so specific, and you need a lot of reps because you're really scheming up. I think a lot of people think, oh, you just go out there and you just play. Oh, you know it's cover four, you just play. Nah, dude, like – you line up uh, a lot of it is recognizing assignment, uh, uh, alignment, you know, your keys, understanding what they'd like to do out of certain formations. If it's two by one on third down, these are the specific plays that they like to run. If it's uh, you know, 21 personnel on first down, okay, these are things that I can expect. And you really go through that to where you have an understanding of what they want to do for the entire game. So when you just kind of just thrust it in there and you haven't really been getting those reps in practice. You're out there just kind of playing, and maybe that's why we see a guy like Womack give up a touchdown to uh, Kyle Pitts. It was, I think that was his first touchdown on American soil. <laughs> I heard it's crazy that yeah. he only has like two touchdowns in his career. But um, I say all that to say, I, you would probably expect them to wait and get a little, and see a little more from the young guys mm-hmm. before pulling the trigger on a Jackson. but we, we've seen the 49ers be aggressive at the trade deadline.
1: They're going to get tested this weekend against Kansas city. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. I think this will be a huge test. See how the young guys handle it. Right. And then maybe when you get closer to the deadline there around, uh, around Halloween, you you can make that decision and and see Mm -hmm. what it would cost you and see if it's worth it. Or if you want to roll with it, with the, with the youth out there at cornerback. And I think, you know, Once Ferret becomes less of an option, you know, and that, you know, and of course, Mosley's not coming back with a torn ACL. You think, okay, well, one corner, we can kind of figure that out and like these young players, but then with the groin injury to Charverius Ward's like, oh, okay, hold on. Like that starts to get a little bit much and and you want to have some, a veteran back there. That can play so, uh, I'd be interested in Dante Jackson. William Jackson depends on you know the cost, obviously. But if we're talking about a day three pick and and it's uh and you're okay with the the rental aspect of it, and even if he's not a, a long term player for you going into next year, that starts to make a little bit more sense. And I think that veteran type of a player is probably you know much like Emmanuel Sanders was in uh in 2019, not like this you know superstar difference making player, but someone that you know you can plug in that can play at a starting level as a veteran in the NFL and, and help you out down the stretch. That probably you know, if for not a huge cost that, that would be the player that would make the most sense and probably be the most likely for the 49ers before the deadline. So probably get that the, the dreams of McCaffrey and, and Brian Burns out of your head. Right. Unfortunately, even though it'd be fun in some cases. We'll
1: be fine. Very fun.
0: Cleveland Brown, if you're looking for a running back though, Cleveland Browns as well. I saw Dearness Johnson's name out there. Kareem Hunt's name is still out there. Browns Mm -hmm. not looking good at two and four, I think, now on the season. So there's a lot of names that might be thrown about, but the NFL trade deadline always comes and goes with a whimper and a lot less happens than you expect. But who knows? I think the younger generation of GMs and more players willing to, you know, try to ask for trades and get out of town might facilitate a, a little bit more than usual.
2: Quick question. What happened to all the speed that the 49ers had at running back? Like, What, what happened to the Raheem Mostards? What happened to the uh, Matt Breitas? You know, the, the guys that were, I mean, they were taking steps to difference. And, and my guy, uh, Chris, he kind of brought this up to me. But I feel like that's kind of the, the difference with what we're seeing now. There's The running backs are a little bit more lumbering. As opposed to those guys that, man, I mean, Breda, when he was on, I mean, foot in the ground, boom. I mean, he's shooting. And they were threatening guys down the sideline. And they were breaking angles. And, man, it looks so good. And I feel like they've kind of went in a totally different direction from those speedy guys. Do you all know why? And could that be why maybe we've seen the run game? Because the run game has not been – it hasn't been very good. And uh, it's been like one run – and then a whole lot of nothing, and then one, and then a whole lot of nothing, and then in the Panthers game, I think that was the best we had seen from the run game, but that hasn't been consistent throughout this season, and it's been extremely stagnant since losing uh, uh, Trey Lance, who I think helped a lot in the run game, but it, it, it hasn't been, it hasn't been very good. Is it because of the lack of speed?
0: You think yeah, maybe it's a the- health thing, like they so- went and got bigger guys? Exactly I mean, the
2: bigger happened. guy's getting hurt too, though.
0: So, so yeah. yeah, so the, the 49ers uh, uh missed this one, I think. And, and we talked about it in the offseason too, when it looked when we were looking at the running back position. The 49ers run game has always been a big play run game, and I think they wanted to have they wanted to be able to you know bully teams in the fourth quarter, get those short yardage, and you know, spending back-to-back third-round picks on running backs that were 220, 230 pounds, right? Clearly, that's the direction they've tried to go, but they're run game hasn't gotten better they've just had fewer of the big runs right and even with jeff wilson like he runs hard and he'll make a big play here and there but that's much different than what we've seen with most certain Breda, like housing those right that's right. a different level of speed and the 49ers don't have that anymore so they don't have that element of oh this guy's going to house one at any time which brings your yards per carry down because you don't have those big runs and the other carries have been pretty much the same as they have before and by the way the data shows that being heavier doesn't mean you're going to be injured less often
1: You guys, if we look at it, Jeff Wilson's averaging just under five yards a carry. Like he's having a good year. They're just, they keep Mm -hmm. getting away from it because like you said, they depend on that big run, right? And when he doesn't get it early, then Kyle's just like, oh, runs game's not working. I got to try Debo. I got to try something else. And man, it's frustrating.
2: Yeah, he's definitely ripped off some runs. I I think that has kind of skewed the the yards per carry, which you like. I mean, but when I say ripped off some big runs, it's like he has like a 30 yard run. Instead you know, of a seventy yard run, in, right. Instead of a, a seventy yard touchdown, right. And that that, right. that again, nothing wrong with that. I think Wilson has done fine, and I I like the idea and the thought of Mitchell and Wilson. I think that's a good one two punch. Yep. I think that's yep. a legit tandem. Agreed. But you still miss like what you saw in two thousand nineteen, right? Like there's no. What Raheem Mostert did against Green Bay Packers, and even without that game, just the pressure that he Mm -hmm. put on defenses every time he touched the ball. I I just remember this touchdown against the New Orleans Saints in that big explosive uh, point game. He shot through the middle of the field, and he was so fast. It was like a 10-yard run, 11-yard run. But he was so fast through it that the Saints defenders ran into each other because they missed him. (laughs) Like, he was that fast. And you, you don't get that anymore I I just would like to see them like where there are speedy guys coming out of college 49ers aren't going for them you know I I wonder why I thought they would have liked Pierre Strong out of South Dakota
0: Mm -hmm. oh yeah that was the guy that fit that breed uh most sort of a four three speed mold he led the nation in you know 20 plus yard runs last year the Niners trying to get away from that be a little bit more physical but I think they are lacking some of the big play element and some of that high level speed at running backs. Those guys have done the best in Kyle Shanahan's offense and Elijah Mitchell. I think that's your trade deadline acquisition should be ready to go. The second half of the season, plug him in a little bit more explosive. He's not quite four three Mostert type speed, but um, uh, he, he's got his own level of explosiveness. And I think that might be exactly what the 49ers run game needs. So we'll see. All right. Thanks wink for another extremely successful winky Wednesday episode. Wink,
1: wish, watch, three oh. punts, just under 53 yards, one inside the 20, no touchbacks, another solid day from the best punter in the league.
0: There you go, the wink, wish, watch. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Croc and I back tomorrow. It's already time for another Thursday crossover episode, getting ready for the Kansas City Chiefs right here, Locked On 49ers.